welcome to the Sales for People Who Hate Selling podcast. Here, we use our 15 years worth of sales and business experience to explore the common sales fears and niggles that business owners and freelancers face every day. If you're new to sales, you're scared of sales, or you're just starting out in business, this is the podcast for you. Hello and welcome to episode nine of series two of the Sales for People Who Hate Selling podcast. My name, as always, is Ria, and my co-host is Richard. Knows all the music and lyrics to the musical Rent, Torbel. That is true. Yeah, it's what I'm famous for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't ask me to prove it. Yeah. Well, uh, you told me that fact, and you know, a few months into uh, meeting each other, and uh, I've never forgotten. We're it. still together. I've never forgotten it. Um, so how are you? Are you all right? Yeah, I'm all right, actually. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty pretty good. Um, we've I've seen you today already. Yeah. We had a business lunch, didn't we? That was nice. Yeah. Didn't we say that last week? It's just because we have a business lunch every Monday. Pretty much. Yeah. It was good, actually. And uh, it's raining now, so that's good. If you're in the oh, UK, um, we've had a heat wave. And it's not been pleasant. We're not we're not cut out for the heat, and we're not cut out for the cold. You know what British people are cut out for? Rain, complaining, rain, and complaining about rain. Right. And uh, it's raining now, so that's good, isn't it? I, I like rain. I'm only happy yeah. when it rains. <laughs> nice. Um, okay, so listen. Uh, if you've listened before, uh, then you will know us. But if you are a newbie, uh, then. Richard and I are the co-founders of Seek, which is a sales consultancy that provides sales support and education to help you get more clients and grow your business. And we cover a range of things in the way that we do this from sales strategy, client manager, pitching practice, and much more. And if you work with us, which obviously you all want to do, then our key, key three core principles are process, empathy, and communication isn't it? They are. They are. Yeah. Yes. Yes, they are. That's true. Those are the three things that we love to uh, rattle on about both on this podcast and outside. Um, I think we probably talked about those three things during our business lunch, didn't we? Mm, I don't remember specifically, but you know, I, I'm sure it was part of that. Yes. Uh, <laughs> sure it came, I'm sure it came up. Um, now this week we are talking about how to motivate yourself. Um, technically speaking, we're talking about how to motivate yourself within sales, um, but this could be with any sort of business environment. And it could also be if you're a freelancer, you work by yourself. So whether you do work on your own or whether you work in a team, how can you motivate yourself or your team to come to work every day with a spring in their step? Um, when everyone knows that sales particularly is full of rejection and can often involve a whole roller coaster of emotions throughout the day and the week and the month. Um, but what comes first, Richard, before we delve into this week's episode? Um, is that a trick question? Uh, no, certainly not. Um, what is the name of our feature we will be talking about first? We have a feature. It's relatively new. I think this is like the fourth time or something we've done it, isn't it? Something like that. Yeah. And, and it's called Let's Do Better. And mm -hmm. what's that all about? It is about a customer experience. So either a customer service, business development or sales experience that Richard and I may have had um, during the week. 
which we would like to talk about and uh, we will tell you what went right or what went wrong. So if you listened last week, you'll know that we had a really, really good experience with a um, holiday break kind of thing that um, Rich and I are going on. And this week, um, we're going to be talking about an experience that was not so good. Yeah, I think um, what happened, for those of you who, um, who've not uh, heard this feature before, uh, you know, we have, uh, as I'm sure you guys who are listening have as well, on an almost daily basis, uh, some kind of sales or customer service related experience. And sometimes mm-hmm. they're really positive um, and sometimes they are not so positive. And we realise that we have these all the time and that actually the lessons that you can learn from those experiences um, can be really valuable to people and can be valuable mm-hmm. to to our, our listeners so I decided um, and fortunately you agreed that we were going to turn it into an actual feature because we go you know, yeah. you know what like they really messed up on that and you know they didn't do that very well and really they should have done xyz and rather than just like chatting amongst it ourselves we decided to make a thing and we decided to yeah, yeah we decided yeah. to share it with with you and like Richard said last week um we had a really good positive experience to talk about with something that happened to us um an ex- customer service experience that we'd had you can go back and listen to that episode series two episode nine uh women in sales is the title of the episode and um, but we talked about um a really fantastic experience that we'd had where we were gonna go and book um a trip away and they upgraded us to like this vip package blah 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 it was just great so that was really nice um and today we're talking about something that did not go so well it wasn't as good was it it wasn't as good uh now if you know me from outside of the uh podcast um you will know that the ongoing saga of my washing machine um is the blight of my life before you um, all switch off, by the way, before you wash your machine, dull, switch off. I'd, I'd, hang, I'd, I'd, hang ar- I'd hang around if I were you, because don't, yes. don't make any rash judgments, you know? Uh, I've had three, three washing machines in the last 12 months. Um, I, I, basically, uh, my washing machine went wrong. Um, there's a bit of a backstory, but never mind. And I did what any normal person does, and you, you, you take to your search engine... Um, I use a search engine called um, Google. Other search engines are available. Google. Yeah, exactly. Right. Other search engines are available, and 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 I found a um, I found a, a local um, washing machine repair person. I'm not going to name his name, um, but I'm going to say that he had a name that was very like old English. Like let's say his name was John. Um, and right. I thought, uh, you know, was it John? John, no, well, it wasn't John. I'm not going to name his name. Um, his, let's say his name is John. And I thought to myself, you know what? No one's ever been let down by someone in life called John. And I remember saying that to you, Richard. I remember saying, this guy, he sounds really cool. I don't think I'm going to be let down by him. Well, how wrong I was, <laughs> you know? So I, I spoke to John on the phone. He gave me a couple of tips to try with the washing machine. And then we made an appointment and he told me, that he would uh, turn up between 8 and 11 on this particular day, um, but that he would message me in the morning to confirm that he was like on his way. Mm. So standard the day, stuff. standard stuff's all going well so far. I'm thinking, brilliant. This guy, John, he sounds really good. He sounds like he's going to you know, sort out a washing machine. Really happy. It's all going fine. Then the day of the repair rolled around. Um, I didn't receive a message from him in the morning. 
Um, but, you know, he said that he would be here between 8 and 11. So I didn't worry too much. But after 11 o'clock had passed, um, I tried to message him to see what was going on and whether he was still attending. Um, to which he said that he was a little bit tied up and he would be there at about 1 o'clock. Now, this for me is the first mistake in the customer service journey because it shouldn't be my responsibility to call him and find out what's going on. If he knows that he's going to be tied up or you as the service provider or vendor know that you can't deliver the service on time, that's your responsibility to um, tell the client. Sure. Um, it's not my responsibility to, ch to chase you up and find out what's going on. So that was the first mistake that he made. Then he said, you know, I'm going to be there about one o'clock. Like, Fine. One o'clock rolls around, no sign of him, starting to get a little bit annoyed. Cause you know what it's like, you guys, like if you've ever been waiting in for a delivery or you've been waiting for somebody to turn up, you can't really kind of get on with your day until that thing has happened. Yeah, um, for sure. it's, it's, in, that. it's incredibly frustrating, you know, if you're waiting for anything like that. So I was a little bit annoyed. So I phoned him up and I said, oh, you know, it's one o'clock and you're still not here. I was wondering like if you're coming or whatever. And he's like, oh, I'm still at home. I'm waiting for a delivery. I'm not going to say what he was waiting for a delivery of. He'll give it away. Because he'll give it away as to who this guy is. You know, if he's listening, he's going to know that it's um, it's him. Um, but he's like, oh, I'm waiting for a delivery. And the guy is To be fair, like, if he's listening, he's going to know it's him anyway. He's, he's, you know. Yeah, he's going to know it's him. So he's like, he's waiting for a delivery and he's waiting for the guy to come and bring the delivery and then he's going to pay this guy. And he says that it will be done by two o'clock and then he's going to set off then. Second, you know, that's the second mistake. I've had to chase him up again, you mm. know, and it's like at this point, it's like, hang on a minute, like, I'm a customer in that situation, like, I should have been the priority over your own personal, you know, admin things that you need to do that day. And if you've got life admin stuff that you need to do, as we all have, fine, but either contact me, let me know, or arrange it for another day. So then he said he was going to be there at two o'clock, two o'clock rolled around or he said he was going to leave at two and then it kind of rolled around and he, he wasn't here. And mm. I was starting to get a bit irritated, of course. So then I messaged him. I didn't phone him. I messaged him, but I didn't receive a response. He, he blue ticked me because it was on WhatsApp. I got blue ticked, didn't mm. I? But mm. no response, starting to get really irritated. So I phone him up, no answer. He then called me back and I don't think he realized that it was me. I think I obviously just came up as a random number in his phone and then he's obviously phoned back. Realized it was me. He kind of sounded a little bit surprised in his voice when he realized like, oh my God, it's, it's you, you know, it's, it's a customer. And I said, you know, you, you were kind of meant to be here earlier on and like, I'm still waiting Like, what's going on. And he basically said that he would be here at half past four, I think it was. So I'm like, mm. okay, started to get, you know, quite peed off at this point, but he said he'd be here at half past four. And you know what? Guess what? He wasn't and um shocker. shocker so then what i said is i i think i messaged him at around about five o'clock and i said look look john yeah you were supposed to be here between eight and eleven you were supposed to message me you didn't you were then supposed to be here at one or whatever it was you weren't you then said two you're not and then you then said half past four and now it's five o'clock and you're still not here and i basically said in my message i think that i'm gonna have to find someone else mm -hmm. um didn't get a reply. Well, I didn't get a reply for about an hour. And in that hour period, I managed to find someone else locally who, by the way, had a cheaper call out fee and was very nice and very pleasant. Um, and I said to John, I said, Look, I'm going to have to find someone else. 
thought that would be the end of it, but about an hour went by and he messaged me and he said, you know, I can, I can leave now if you want. I'm like, to be honest, all that proves to me is that you still hadn't left your property mm. to come and uh, do the meeting that you and I had arranged. So in total, I think I had to chase him up what, four, maybe five times, um, wasted an entire day from my perspective, waiting for this guy. He hadn't prioritized the meeting that we had arranged. He wasn't prioritizing his customers. He was, I suppose you could say, he was almost spending the truth a little bit because when he was saying, oh, you know, I'll be there in an hour or whatever, he hadn't even left his home at that point. Mm. So um, it was a terrible experience. And if you're wondering, if you're on the edge of your um, seat, um, my washing machine is still not fixed. But you know what? It's fine. Um, John, when are you supposed to come out today or tomorrow? Tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. tomorrow. So um, next, next week we can give you an update. <laughs> next week we'll give you an update about the washing machine. But basically, um, to round up that story, um, what I want to say to you guys is that if you're in business, whether you're a freelancer, you're working for a company, communication between yourself and the customer is massively important. And I remember I used to work for this company and they would sometimes get emails from their clients saying things like, oh, what's happening with XYZ? And the account executive would just not reply because their, mm. um, their sort of attitude was that like, if there wasn't any update, then you didn't need to give one. Um, I completely fundamentally disagree with that. Yeah, I if do. You, yeah. If you get an inquiry from a customer saying like, oh, hey, Richard, like what's happening with this, this and this, like there might not be no, up there might not be any update. There might be nothing to say, but you should still acknowledge that you've received their message. Like, hi, um, Sarah. Thank you so much for your email. Um, there's no update at this time. Um, I'll let you know within 48 hours or, or whatever. Or if you're in a situation where you don't know the answer, you should still mm. reply like, hi, Sarah. You know what? I don't know the answer to your particular question. I'm going to check with so-and-so, so-and-so, and I'll come back to you in 24 hours. However it is that your particular business operates and who you've got dealing with what, like you should always respond and communicate to people and it should not be your client's job to consistently chase you up. Yeah, for those of you um, who've listened to other episodes, you'll be aware of my undying love for Chris Foss. Um, yeah. And this reminds me of uh, one of his like clips where he's talking about just just this very thing where like the the client or the or the customer um, they they really value knowing where they stand. Yeah. And uh, he was talking about like hostage negotiations specifically, and in situations where the negotiator doesn't have any information, like he was saying the right thing to do is to phone the family like every day like yeah. 9 a.m every day and yeah. i'm like well i don't have any i don't have any news you know sometimes these negotiations can go on for months and months you know yeah yeah yeah, uh, yeah. and it's like what but it, it makes me look bad if i'm phoning up and i'm like uh, i'm i'm really sorry but i don't have any information you know and like that's completely wrong you don't say i'm really sorry because that goes without saying of course you are you literally just say i'm phoning it's 9 a.m i'm phoning no update but i'll call you tomorrow like yeah. that they they really value that and it builds that trust because you're proving to them that you're reliable and that you will do what you say you will do yeah. and that's that's massively important yeah absolutely so it's your job as the vendor of the product or the person who's providing the service to consistently update your clients tell them what's going on in the case of john inverted commas um it was his responsibility to phone me and say either you know what like i can't make it today because of this and this or i'm going to be a bit late or 
actually, do you know what? In the whole situation, I don't think he apologised about being late, right. which, is also, which is also a little bit annoying as well. Um, so that's that. So um, next week, uh, I will update you as to whether my washing machine has been fixed and we'll have a new Let's Do Better um, story. Um, and uh, hopefully you're looking forward to it. Um, but uh, today, uh, we are talking about motivation. Um, now, I will say that um, I'm not really a big fan of the word motivation. I think it gets bandied about a lot. Um, people have this thing these days that success is all about being motivated. Um, and if you can just like throw around a few motivational quotes, um, millions of pounds are going to fall magically into your lap. And um, it's something that I, I really don't like. And I think there's a big culture for it these days. Um, but we're talking about motivation in its truest sense like how to motivate yourself to get up in the morning and do your job and, you know, um, do that. So we're talking about things that you can do uh, on a daily basis, actual physical things and habits to get into that will keep you motivated. Um, so a good sales manager, for example, or any manager of a team um, will normally have their team ready to go on a Monday morning. But for me personally, I think that to be top of your game, you need to take responsibility for your own motivation and for your own processes and things like that. Me, myself, not including last Monday, because I was not motivated last Monday. No. I, was, I, was in a, I was in a real grump last Monday. But um, normally, I, I feel very motivated on a Monday. I love Mondays. Um, I feel great on Monday mornings. I remember when um, I used to go into my previous office. I think I was talking to you about this, Richard, the other day. On a Monday morning, I don't always, always, always make an effort to do my hair in a really nice way. And I would wear like a new outfit or something like that. Cause I just feel, I, I love Mondays. I think it's like a new start or whatever, but my energy starts to fade by about Wednesday afternoon. I hate Wednesdays. Um, so uh, Richard, I want to ask you like, do you feel motivated on Mondays or is there a particular day of the week that kind of you draw motivation from? I'm, yeah, but I'm weird, aren't I? Um, a little bit yeah the, i mean that's that's a whole that's a whole other podcast episode right serious yeah <laughs> i think that i i think the, the the thing for me um and this is something that like if you're listening like pay attention i'm definitely motivated on a monday morning on the proviso that i had a proper break over the weekend yeah we, we talk about this all the time and i think we talked about this in a previous episode about the importance of downtime um and i have to say when i met richard it was one of the things that i sort of drummed into you i think a little bit the importance of like just switching off like it's five o'clock in the evening like jesus like just stop replying to these people you know you, like you can't um function well unless you are well rested and i constantly talk about this um airplane um analogy that i have you know if you're yeah. on an airplane and they say about the oxygen mask and they always say you must put your own oxygen mask before you help your loved ones or your children or whatever and the reason why that's important is because like if you're faffing around trying to do your kids oxygen masks or whatever then you don't wear one yourself like how can you then look after your children if you don't have an oxygen mask on so i love that analogy and it's something that i always say to people about taking care of yourself and taking downtime um and it's something that i really drum into you isn't it yeah if you don't look after yourself you can't look after your clients you know that's it um saturday sunday you know like time to time and I think I, I did a little bit this weekend but not not a massive amount um and it's it's fine I know some people like to you know get everything prepped on like Sunday evening or whatever and that's fine but what I find is that if I don't do any proper work over the weekend mm, come mm. Monday morning I'm absolutely raring to go you know yeah for um, sure. but if 
if I treat Saturday and Sunday as a normal working day, then Monday doesn't feel like that fresh start that you talked about. It just feels yeah. like another day. Exactly. Uh, Monday feels like Wednesday. You exactly. Know? Do you remember, like, um, I've always loved the month of September. I love September. September is my favorite month of the year. We're almost coming up to it now. I've always loved September because for me, September is all about a new start because you would always start your new school term in September. So I love September and the way that it feels like it's this fresh beginning and this new start. And I always feel super motivated when it comes around to like September, October. And I always feel like I have a new lease of life around that time. But I know other people are completely the opposite and they hate it when, you know, things start to get colder and darker. Um, so I think the point here is, is that everybody drives their motivation from different things and you almost have to tap into what motivates, motivates you is going to be very, very different from what motivates the person next to you. So mm. my point is, I think that whilst, you know, good managers or sales directors or whatever will, of course, need to find ways to motivate their whole team. Actually, I think what's really, really, really important is taking responsibility for what drives your own motivation and doing things every day that will um, enable you to get out of bed, feel motivated um, and, and ready to rock. And I think that this is particularly important in sales because, as I mentioned earlier, sales is a roller coaster of emotions you know you can be one minute you've got a great deal and then the next month you're on zero and it's it's really disheartening there's a lot of rejection so being able to motivate yourself to just keep coming back and back and back um is really really important yeah i think um you know we, there's a, a prevalence of the toxic hustle culture um For sure. in, in business at the moment For sure. and, you know where if you don't you know work you know, 28 hours a day, nine days a week, then you're not a serious business person, you know? For sure. It's like, you know, and people are doing their Instagram, like, stories, and they're like, it's 3.30 a.m., I've been up for two hours, and I'm at the gym. What are you doing? Are you hustling? Uh, yeah, it's I'm like, like I'm, I'm in bed eating. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, it's like, mate, you know, like, get a life. Like, yeah. And I, I, I think that um, you should be very careful of thinking that that's what you have to do to be successful it's that old kind Absolutely. of cliche about like working smarter and not working harder and all that sort of stuff and yeah. work-life balance like work-life balance you know in 2020 doesn't seem like it's like that, that much of a positive thing no. you know it's all about like hustle and work harder and, and blah, blah 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 and as we talked about last week Richard like I absolutely hate words like that I think they turn so many people off like hustle hunter you know, all those chaser kind of um, kind of words that just make business and sales particularly sound this kind of icky kind of environment where people are like standing on the desk as in ranting and raving till, you know, staying in the office till 10 o'clock at night. Um, and it's something that um, I just don't, don't believe in. And um, I think it's really, really important that we find ways to motivate ourselves and take downtime um, and I think it's really really important for employers to understand that employees um, need to have downtime out of the office I mean I've worked in offices before where employers would see downtime as having drinks with your employees like yeah, right. you know by and large I really have in the past really liked a lot of the people that I've worked with I've also disliked a lot of the people that I've worked with um, but um, by and large you know it's like I like these people you know but my downtime does not involve spending more time at work more time going to events more time spending time having lunch and having dinner with these people you know as lovely as they are and um, I think many employers employees feel the same um, but employers don't 
don't look at it like that. Um, I worked for somebody once where if it got past five o'clock and you were still sitting at your desk, he would literally be like, why are you here? Go mm. home. It's five o'clock. Go and spend time with your family. Like get lost, you know? Um, and I actually, me, myself, I, th I think that that management style is much more preferable than someone who congratulates someone for staying till eight o'clock. That's my yeah, I know it's not. A, I know we're not talking about um, productivity specifically. We're talking about motivation, but mm. uh, I, I do really like the concept of you know whether you do it the night before, whether you do it first thing in the morning. You know, you set out your core tasks for the day. You know, it's like I want to. And I saw one YouTube thing recently, shocker, um, and it was something like twenty-five tasks. I'm like, mate, seriously, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like set out like your three main tasks, and if you get those three tasks done by 2 p.m., take the rest of the day off. Yeah, you know, yeah. Come, to, come tomorrow morning, you're going to be, like, ready to go. You know, 100%. ready to rock your next three, you know. 100%. Like, you don't have to work 24-7. Yeah, 100%. So, bringing it back to motivation, you know, like I said at the start of this, we're not talking about people who, you know, pin up a motivational quote in their office and think that that's going to be, um, you know, lifetime of success is going to fall into their lap we're talking you about it you can do it <laughs> please don't say things like that ever again um we're talking about um actual processes that you can put into place every day achievable uh process and goals that you can do every single day but that won't um, mean that you have to stay into the office till eight o'clock at night and won't sort of drive you into the ground and and all of these things i've done myself as a salesperson um so i would urge you to do them as well whether you're in sales business whatever it is you do um they are good things to do so i'm gonna kick it off are you ready born ready Cool. At number one, this is something that a lot of people have probably heard of if you're in the sort of business world, um, but it is creating your why board. Um, so this is things like you create a board. It's a little bit cheesy, but I really love it. I think it's great for employees to do it. Um, and it's just about like, where do you want to be in a year's time? What motivates you to get out of bed? Um, maybe you're somebody that likes to take a lot of foreign holidays. Um, do you want to take the kids somewhere really special? Um, I created my whiteboard last year, uh, and funnily enough, it, I took a picture of it and it came up in my like Facebook memories the other day. Um, and there were some things on there that I'd done. So one of the things that I wanted to do was go on a, a walking holiday with my dog. Sounds a bit sad, but I like doing stuff like that. Um, and that I had done. Um, some of the other stuff was just like you know go on holiday, and that I did. Um, and there was a thing on there, it was like, um, go and see um, orcas swimming in the wild. Didn't do that, but maybe that's for next year, who knows. So um, I think it's just a really great thing to have and you can just put it in front of your desk. Um, it's fun to create. I really enjoyed creating mine. Um, and a year's time, you can look back on it and maybe you'll be crossing some off um, and you'll see like, wow, you know, this year, because I kept going to work every Monday morning and I kept on and I kept on, I was able to take that holiday to Mexico or wherever it is that um, you wish to go. Uh, mm. Richard, what would be on your why board? Mm, Porsche. Nice. No. Yeah. yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh, Richard sent me a, you do live by the sea. Richard sent me a photo the other day of a, was it a Porsche that was parked outside your Oh yeah, um, that's funny. Outside yeah. your house. And I just made, said, me, made me chuckle. Sent me a picture and he just 
we just put um, my new cards out front. And for a, a very tiny split second, I actually believed him. And then I realized who I was talking to and that it was a load of rubbish. He did also once as well send me a, a picture of a car that he used to own about, I don't know, what, 10 years ago, something like that. Um, but the car had been photoshopped to bright, luminous pink. Yes, by um, me. Yeah. By you. Um, and he said, oh, this is the car that I used to own. And it was outside his old flat as well. So mm. I really believed it. Um, so basically, um, Richard is a fool. Uh, <laughs> there you go. And a, and, and a charlatan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Okay. Uh, number two, setting mini goals. So if you're working in sales, of course, we all dream of hitting our yearly sales quota. And that sounds fantastic. But like anything, if you're thinking too far ahead, it doesn't seem very achievable. You're thinking like, oh my God, I've got to like, I've got to do 150,000 pounds like this year, you know, um, that, that's a lot of money. And that's uh, a goal that seems a little bit far off. So mini goals are more achievable and help to keep people on track. So for example, on Monday, you could say today, I aim to call 50 people. And if I call 50 people, that means I might get to do five pitches or I might meet, get to meet 20 people at a networking event. Basically, you want to keep your goals small and achievable because small achievable goals lead to big results. Yeah, I mean, 150,000, I've just got the calculator out, um, excluding holidays and downtime and all that sort of stuff. Uh, 150K a year is just under 600 pounds a day. Right. So, that's not beyond the realms of possibilities. It's breaking it down, isn't it? Yeah, it depends, obviously, of course, what you're selling, um, what your market is, et cetera, et cetera. But the point is, if you break it down into small achievable chunks about how much you need to do in a day and what you need to do in that day to achieve that amount in terms of who you need to call, who you need to speak to, those goals seem a lot more achievable. It's a little bit like when people say, look after the pennies and the pounds take care of themselves. You collect pennies, they add up to pounds. Small achievable goals add up to big results smart exactly uh number three this is um an interesting one um and uh it basically it's about accepting that you are a human being and you can't be positive and happy all of the time um but take steps to minimize or minimize the uh, sort of slump feeling that you inevitably get on, on a friday afternoon or when you thought a contract was coming in and it doesn't um it sounds really cheesy. You and I were talking about it the other day, Richard, but I was saying, you know, it's amazing what fresh air can do. You know, yeah, if, you're in, if you're in a bad mood, something's not gone your way. You've had an argument with your spouse the night before or something, just something is like not going your way that day. Um, like I say, it sounds cheesy, but it's amazing what a bit of fresh air and a coffee can do. And it's important, like we were saying earlier about taking time out, it's important to recognize when you need to take step back and, and start again. Like you're not a Duracell bunny, you're a human being that needs time off, time to unwind, time to reflect. Me personally, I like to go out for a walk, eat something that I enjoy. Uh, and sometimes, like you said, Richard, you know, if it's 2 p.m. and you've done everything you think you can do, but you're just like not really feeling it, just shut down the laptop for the rest of the day and come back to the next day refreshed. Mm, yeah, um, sure. And I think a lot of people might be saying, well, you know, I work for this company and I can't just go home at two o'clock. Um, and I think that boils down to a shift in, in work culture that I think we really need to see about being more flexible about people's time. You know, if somebody works best between the hours of nine and two and between two and five o'clock, they're just in a mood. I don't really see the point of having people in for three hours where they're, you know, not feeling great. Um, yeah. 
So um, if you are having a bad day, things aren't going your way. Like me last Monday, Richard, when I was in a bad mood, I was in a bad mood because I didn't feel very well. Right. Mm. And we went for our meeting, didn't we? And it wasn't very successful because I was really not feeling well. Just to clarify, I did not have the plague. I had a backache, basically. I had a really bad backache and I wasn't feeling very well. And we did went to our business lunch and it wasn't going very well because I wasn't feeling well. And actually what we should have done is we should have said, you know what, like let's slap this off for the day. I'm going to go home and rest and that's it. We're not going to like do this thing. But I think a lot that's pretty people, much what we did, I think. Yeah, it's pretty much what we did in the end. But I think like a lot of people feel like, oh my God, like I, I have to keep going. You know, I have to keep going because like you said earlier on, Richard, there's such a culture of like this hustle culture where everybody just has to keep, keep going. No matter how bad they feel, no matter how upset they are, no matter what's happened in their personal life, it doesn't matter. You just got to keep going. Um, and I think that's wrong and that we should always take time out for ourselves, take time out to be with your loved ones, with your family, people that are important to you, um, and just take time out to, to do the things that you enjoy. I think. Mm. I think I think you're right, and and don't don't wallow in it, you know. Yeah, exactly. Misery loves company. Um, don't wallow. You know, I've been so guilty of that in in the past. Um, you know, being upset and down, and sharing that with colleagues and loved ones and stuff and then it all becomes kind of um, a self-fulfilling prophecy because it all kind of like builds up like a domino effect um and of course it's nice to be able to confide in people and um, talk to people about how you're feeling and all of that and I, and I always advocate that and I think that's uh, um, amazing if you've got people in your life that you can do that with um but I don't think moaning to your colleagues is ever a positive solution there we go. No, yeah, not not on a regular basis. No, like yeah. you say, it's important. But there's obviously a, a massive drive uh, for you know positive mental health, Absolutely. And, and and rightly so. Um, so you shouldn't feel like you have to like hold it all in. But but you know, generally speaking, you know, if it's you know day to day annoyances, you know, the clients being a dick or whatever, um, then you know, don't be the guy every single day that's moaning about you know stuff. But we've got to be make sure that, that, that we're being really clear that you know, if you're feeling really down and, and you feel like you need to talk to somebody, then you always should. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah, goes without saying. Um, okay, number four. Um, this is probably a favorite one of mine, just promising yourself small rewards. So, how do you like to congratulate? yourselves when one of your small kind of challenges that you set yourself has hit um i think you and i richard we quite like to go out for meals together and go on little like mini breaks but equally i actually quite like quiet days by myself and and you're the same i i know as well um which uh, lends itself very well to our um partnership and um, because we, yeah i end up buying lots of tech <laughs> you know i'm like yeah. i really want i really want this like bit of tech thing or whatever i'm like well I really want, you know yeah I really want some new trainers. I really want some new headphones. Yeah, headphones for me. You, yeah, you tend to shop actually. I've noticed that actually when you when you um, have done really well in something, you tend to shop. I'm not really much of a shopper. I'm more of a let's go to a hotel or let's go to a, me a meal out kind of person. Um, but the point is, um, as long as you're consistently um, rewarding yourself, I think um, is good. And obviously people might listen to this and they'd be like, but I, I, you know, my budget doesn't stretch to any of the things you've mentioned. Like, that's fine. Like, you know, I, you know, don't, don't, um, say that you have to be doing amazing going to Disneyland, Florida. Like it's whatever. You don't have to spend money. You could go to the park, yeah. you know, go to the park, you know, 
kick a ball around, just have, just promise, you know, promise yourself small rewards when things go well. Um, I really like um, going to like a coffee shop, um, one rhyming with Boster. Um, and sitting, <laughs> sitting in there. Ah, Dosta. <laughs> I like going there as well. <laughs> Other coffee shops are available. And just going by myself, just wandering down there by myself, having a hot chocolate with like, you know when you get a hot chocolate and they'll go, do you want marshmallows? Go, yeah. Do you want cream? Yeah. Do you want a flake? Yeah. Do you want chocolate sprinkles? Yeah. And then right. all of a sudden it's like your whole calorie intake for like the week. Um, yeah. But I like doing that. That's a treat for me, going down there by myself, listen to some music, read a magazine or whatever. Um, so whatever it is you like to do to reward yourself for the achievements that you've done um, is cool and you should keep doing that. Yeah, you know when I've done well or I've hit my target or whatever because I'm wearing a new pair of headphones. Yeah, he's got some new headphones. He's turned up in some new trainers and we're going on a meal out. Um, they, they've done really well, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, number five. Um, Richard, you'll love this one. It's don't mm. procrastinate. Uh, mm. Richard, this is one of your downfalls during the working day. Um, you tend to get distracted by other things and you put things off that you don't really like, um, but that need to be done. Isn't that true? Yes, I, some, some would say that I am a procrastinator. Yes, some would say that. Did I say it wrong? No, as in I, as in I am a professional procrastinator. Got it. Okay, yeah, I'd say that's probably your job title. That'll probably be on your gravestone. Um, that and knows all the lyrics and music to rent. Um, so, uh, Richard, tell, tell us, what do you do to um, help you not be a procrastinator? What do you do? Do you have a method? Do you have something that you do every day to stop that from happening? Yeah, I think this is why I would never work very well in an office, you know, or in a co-working space, or anything, because I found that I need to create a very specific space um, and I, I think that there's uh, a huge uh, underestimation of the importance of the working environment yeah uh, uh, like and I know some people can work in a park and they could work on a building site with a laptop or whatever and that's fine but you know for me personally I, I really have to create a very specific working environment which is quiet um, mm. I've, I've got like colored lighting and you know i've got like you know a masseuse mm. you know like all, all these coins i don't have masseuse mm. um but i he do does. have colored lighting. he does it's me you know and i've got uh i have my headphones and i, I put it's very specific music on and that it's kind of really weird because i can procrastinate and i'm watching youtube and it's social media blah 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 blah, blah and all of a sudden as soon as i turn those lights on as soon as i put my headphones on as soon as i hit play i just switch like that mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. i'm like I'm, I'm in the zone um 100%. and that's why i say to you isn't it like don't message me unless the building's on fire yeah he always says um, that to me don't he says right i've got to switch off now because i got to do my work don't message me unless the building or you are actually on fire. Yeah. Um, um, but, you know, going back to like more, slightly more basic things um, that, that you can implement straight away, uh, it sounds really obvious, but not everyone does it. Like my phone, like the only notifications that I get are phone calls and WhatsApp messages from you. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I literally, everything else is switched off. Yeah, and I'm some people that, might actually switch their phone off. You know, I'm glad that I don't go through to like voicemail. Indeed, yeah, yeah, that that no. I'd be miffed. Um, that, that that really helps me. You know, like really focus, take away all the distractions, mm -hmm. um, and yeah, just put those headphones on. Sometimes if it's like colder weather, you know, I've got my hoodie up. I, I don't know, such an idiot, but you know, I'm like inside, headphones on, hoodie up, and I'm like, I'm in the zone. You know, yeah, um, and it really helps. 100%. And I think 
for me um I like to do all the things that I hate doing first thing in the morning. And I think I've mentioned this to you before, Richard. Like, I'll say to you things like, oh, I really need to clean the house. Like, I'm going to do it now at like 6 a.m. so that I've done it. It's out the way. And then I can concentrate on all this other stuff that I need to do today. Um, I don't like having tasks hanging over me um, or unfinished plans. And this is the case in my work life and my personal life. Like, I prefer to know what's happening, prefer to know what I've got to do uh, and just get them out of the way. So um, if you're um, in sales, for example, and you're thinking, oh my God, like I've got to call 50 people today. You know, don't leave it until three o'clock in the afternoon when you're going through your like afternoon slump after a big lunch. Just like do it in the morning, get out of the way, um, cut your tasks into small pieces um, and work through them over the course of the day. So it's like 9 a.m. I'm going to do my like prospecting calls and we we'll do that for two hours and then at 11 i'm going to take a little break i'm going to go for a walk around the block and grab a coffee and then i'm going to come back and i'm going to do some admin over the sort of hour between 12 and 1 um you know send out any kind of rogue emails or anything that you need to do then go for your lunch then your next bit when you come back from lunch might be some more cold calls or it might be some putting some proposals together basically just break that day down into small achievable chunks when i was working at my last company they used to call it power hours mm. i didn't really i didn't really like the name of that if i'm honest i was a little bit like Meh, about the name of that just because i don't like like cheesy names like that um, but it's a great concept because um you break your day down into these kind of chunks and you have power hours where you're like you're doing calls and you're the person next to you is doing calls and everybody's kind of working together and it's it's a good concept yeah uh, i'm i'm the reverse you know there's it's much more common i think for people to say Do you know i work really better first thing in the morning i'm terrible first thing in the morning you I, are, I, I literally don't start really going until like i never really do anything that requires brain power until after lunch yeah uh, and, and that's the complete opposite to most people which is why i think i would really struggle in an office because at 5 p.m this is going against like what we were talking about earlier on sometimes but mm -hmm. sometimes not every day but sometimes if i'm really into it 5 p.m i'm like in my groove like if you tell me to go home, I'm like, it's not going to work for me. Yeah. Um, to be so, fair, I, I don't think you would function very well in any environment where people were telling you what to do. I don't think I'd function in any environment. <laughs> I don't think you'd function in any environment with normal human beings. Um, yes. So that's it. That's our five points. Um, just to recap, your whiteboard, mini goals, accept that you're human and can't be happy and positive all the time. Uh, promise yourself small rewards and do not procrastinate. Don't be a Richard. And um, now Richard, do you want to tell people um, where they can find this podcast, where they can find us and what they might like to do if they'd like to get in contact with us? Well, if you haven't been paying attention, uh, this podcast is called sales for people who hate selling mm -hmm. uh, and you can find it on uh, Spotify. Mm -hmm. uh, you've probably heard of that um and apple podcasts um mm -hmm. whilst you've typed sales for people who hate selling into your web browser uh press command or control a to copy mm -hmm. it okay, and then uh, sorry to select it and then command c to copy it and then paste it into facebook because that will bring you the sales for people who hate selling facebook community that mm -hmm. we have um which is a, a growing community uh, that we really like and why do we have the group uh Rhea? 
Well, we have the group, as you've pointed out, it's called Sales for People Who Hate Selling. We have the group to connect with other business people, like-minded people who perhaps don't have a sales background, but they have an amazing business or an amazing idea, um, but they need some uh, business and sales kind of guidance. Um, so we post that in there about all different kinds of salesy stuff. We also do workshops in there as well. Um, the workshops are generally free as well. So um, do come along to the group because um, it's a really nice group. It's not too big. You know, like sometimes when I go on Facebook and people go, oh, you should join this group. And then the group's got like 20,000 members. Uh, I'm, I'm a little bit yeah. like, eh, I don't, I don't, mm. you know, our group is, it's, it's, it's large enough for them to, for there to be, you know, different people and engagement, but small enough for it to feel quite nice. Um, a little bit like a, like a little homey sort of sofa situation. Um, so do come along to that. Uh, what else is there, Richard? Uh, we have kind of our, our Instagram. So we are, uh, we are seek. Uh, on, on Instagram and we are also we are seek on Twitter um, and I think we're the same on LinkedIn as well we do have a website of course uh, which is relatively new and ever growing it is seek so it's s-w-e-k-e dot online uh, so if you want to find more information about us uh, what we do if you want to know what we look like you can do that as yeah. photographs of it's Rio. You're probably more interested in seeing what Rio looks like than you are what I look like. But if you go to seek.online and the about page, you will see photographs of us. We are on there uh, yep. as well as information about. There's going to the be uh, there's going to be new photographs because um, I'm going on a photo shoot um, with a fantastic Kent-based photographer called Amy, um, and uh, she is going to take some professional photographs. So there's going to be new photographs. On the website. Nude photographs. <laughs> nude, nude photographs on the website. Nobody wants to see that. There is absolutely not going to be nude photographs. There's going to be new photographs on the website, probably within the next two to three months, I should imagine. And um, once we've got the photos and, and, and Amy has done her magic on the photos. Um, so that's really exciting. Now, next episode is the um, penultimate episode. I, I believe it's the penultimate episode. The next episode is going to be called Pushy or Persistent. And this is um, a topic that's, I think, really interesting because I see it all the time and I hear it all the time when we're going for like business lunches or we're meeting clients or whatever, where people will say, but Rhea, you know, Rhea, I don't want to follow up with them because I don't want to be, I don't want to be seen Mm. as push. I don't want to be pushy, you know? So uh, we're going to be talking about pushy or persistent ways that you can feel that you're not being pushy. You're just being persistent and ways that you can follow up with people to make your follow-ups interesting, engaging, and educational. Um, so that's what we're going to be doing next episode. And then the episode after that is the last episode of season two. And then we're having... Yeah, I just want to say, it's not the penultimate episode, full stop. It's the penultimate episode of series two. Yes, it is. It's the penultimate episode of series two. We're going to have a three-week um, holiday, hiatus, whatever you want to call it, because... We've got some uh, exciting stuff that we need to get done. And uh, then we're going to come back with season three, which is going to be awesome. Um, but in the meantime, do you have anything else to say, Richard? I, I would just like to say that um, it is Monday afternoon. I still feel relatively motivated. Um, and I hope everybody has a great week. Yeah. Um, it's probably the panini you had at lunchtime. Yeah, that was a bit like a bit a bit toasty, that was. Yeah, but is a panini um, not supposed to be toasted? Yeah, I meant more in like it was like a chili thing, and it was a bit like you know, if I had a cold, I'd be all right now because it would have like cleared right. me out. You know, I I just want to say I made Richard a cheese toasty last night. Not only that, but he was watching the football, 
and he said to me, I, he said, Ria, I've seen it on the telly. I saw a person make a cheese toasty in a pan, not in a grill. Revolutionary. And uh, I said, okay, do you want one? And he said, yeah, but we haven't got any bread. I walked to the shop. I got the bread. What else did I get? I got something, some drink, uh, non-alcoholic. And I also got some, um, I don't know, cake or something. And then I walked oh. back and then I made your um, cheese toasty, didn't I? And uh, how was it? Yeah, it was all right, actually. Yeah, you decided that you were going to post about it on Facebook to tell the world how amazing you are. Yeah. yeah. What's wrong with that? I just want people to know. Well, yeah, I think it's important that we share the love, you know? Yeah, exactly. So, I um, how, anyway. Yeah, sure. So, um, basically, have a good week. We'll be having cheese toasties, I'm sure. And uh, we... Sales for people who are selling podcasts for sales information and cooking tips. Uh, cooking, uh, you know, customer service situations, washing machine updates, you name it. You can it's a niche it. market. Exactly. You name it. We'll talk about it. So uh, we will see you next week. Thanks for listening. All right. Talk to you next week. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye, guys.